What's up, everybody? Welcome to Bomb City Locker Room Talk Podcast, episode 73. As always, I'm James. I'm Adrian. And tonight it's just us two. But we've got a third person, well, in spirit, and they're here to give us a shout out. Shout out Bomb City Locker Room Talk Podcast in Amarillo, Texas. Y'all tap it with James Five, one of the greatest podcasts out there in Texas. Tap in with him. You're going to like everything about his podcast. It is something nifty. I'm going to go ahead and keep it 55th Street. Oh, <laughs> And that, ladies and gentlemen, was Crip Mac. Hell yeah. All the way from 55th Street. 55th and Western in California, in L.A. I don't know if, if any of you have uh, heard of this gentleman, but he has taken the internet by storm, I would say, the past year, year or so. And I introduced him to uh, Adrian over here. Yeah, I hadn't heard about him until you were sending me his videos and stuff. He's a character, man. <laughs> He's, He's funny. <laughs> his voice is like so unique and so <laughs> raspy. He's got to make millions off his voice, like getting into animation and movies and things like that. TV shows where he can use his voice and play characters and things like that. Like he's a real, if you don't know this guy, he's a real crip from L.A. He's got tattoos all over his face. He's got Hoover Killer across his forehead. He's got a five tattooed on the on the side of his cheek. And then he's got like an Atlanta Falcon. I don't know what that represents, but. The dude is everywhere. He's doing interviews left and right. People are paying him to like give shout outs and things like that. And that's what we did because we love Crip Mac. Did you? So how much did you pay? Oh to- man, it was only like 50 bucks. At one time it was like 300 bucks. And I was like, no, I mean, no fucking way. I mean, $50 just, to, I mean, cause how long was that, that little clip there? What? Like not even 30 seconds, 20 something seconds, 24 seconds. Man, it's worth it. Fifty bucks for twenty second for a twenty second shout out. Yeah, he's making some money. <laughs> he's making money left and right. And if you if you haven't experienced the Crip Mac experience, you've got to go look him up on YouTube. Uh, he's done interviews with like um, Adam Twenty Two on No Jumper. I think that was one of the first interviews that made him like go really viral. And there was a a group of guys. I guess they do like funny parody interviews and they went out to LA group of white guys, right? Uh, channel five news. And they went out there and it's one of the funniest interviews you'll ever watch in your life. You got to check it out. It's, it's fucking hilarious. I think my favorite video that you sent me of his is when he went to, was it, a, was it a slip? Not yeah, that, that's, that's part of that interview. It's at the very end of it. Yeah. That was pretty hilarious. I'm not going to lie. Like, Cause he's like stuck out like a sore thumb at that place. <laughs> he did. And then some dude like came. He was he was he actually grabbed the, the microphone from one of the guys and he was interviewing uh, one of the the concert attendees and he lifted up his shirt and was like, "Yeah, I've got this tattoo. It's a Travis Scott tattoo and it, it says his name in Russian backwards." And he was like, "Motherfucker, why are you putting another man's name on the side of your body?" he was like i just love him he was like man get the fuck out of here (laughs) (laughs) i feel like he's a genuinely good guy because he goes and he feeds the homeless and things like that he has been in prison he's been in the county jail (laughs) (laughs) i wrote out a list of like all his um 
all his sayings and all his words and what they mean. I sent it to Joseph the other day. The mm -hmm. dude has invented his own vocabulary, his own linguistic verbiage. Like it, it is out of this world funny. So if you want to know more about Crip Mac, you got you to gotta look him up. All right, so there's a music festival in Las Vegas early, well later this year, and it's already sold out. It is called When We Were Young Music Festival. And it has, I think, 65 different bands. And these bands, what, what type of bands are they? Most of them are like emo and like indie rock bands from from what I've seen. From when we were growing up, right? Yeah, pretty from much. From the 2000s on when emo was a big thing and uh, pop punk was, was huge. A lot of these bands were really popular, you know, and they still have like a heavy following. And like Adrian, you and I were talking before we got on the podcast. Uh, most of the the uh, listeners of these bands are from the ages of what would you say twenty nine to forty? Yeah, that, from that age range. Yeah, at least. And I think it's going to be like two hundred twenty dollars a ticket with for general admission, which is pretty expensive. Then you got to think about uh, you know commuting to Las Vegas and you know buying you know, a hotel and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, people that are fans of these bands, like I said, are in the 30 range. So they're going to have disposable income to go to a show like this. Right. Yeah, for sure. And um, it looks like they added a third day uh, to the festival. So it's yeah, going to be a three-day festival. Initially, it was like one or two days. Yeah. And that's, yeah, it was that is not enough time yeah. to see all those bands. They would have like three stages. I think that's the setup. You would miss bands mm -hmm. because, you know, you want to see Paramore on stage one. Well, Dashboard Confessionals play on stage two. It's going to be hard to navigate and try to experience all of those bands at once, right? Yeah. Yeah, because I've I've been to a festival before. I've been to, been to Austin City Limits, and you definitely have to, like, pre-plan before you go to a festival because... You know, whenever I went to ACL, um, you know, I only went for one day. And so I had to look at the, the lineup and see which which artists I I had to plan, which artists I wanted to see the most. So I was like, OK, I want to see ASAP Ferg. I want to see Russ. I want to see. OK, at this time I can go see Ice Cube. And then, of course, the finale, I had to choose. Uh, uh, it was it was Red Hot Chili Peppers. So. And I knew I was definitely because that was the, they were the main people that I wanted to see was Red Hot Chili Peppers, and I knew they were going to be the main act towards the end. So then I had a plan the rest of the day, and I was able to. Um, but yeah, you de you definitely have to plan way ahead before you go, so you can see, so you know what artists you want to see, and you know what time they're playing, and you know what stage they're playing on. Were there any artists or bands that you missed out on that you regret not seeing? Um, now looking back at it, no. Like, cause at the time, I I wanted to see Chance the Rapper, but he was playing at the same time as Red Hot Chili Peppers, and I wouldn't have missed Red Hot Chili Peppers for the world. And Looking back on it, Chance the Rapper is probably one of the most overrated fucking hip-hop artists. And so now I'm glad that, you know, I was like, fuck Chance the Rapper. So 
I don't know any of his music, to be honest. Really, he honestly, was popular for a while, really, wasn't he? Really, honestly, he's only got one good song. Yeah, he's, I mean, doesn't he's, he have like a clothing brand and things like that? Yeah, and he's he, made he's, him popular. He's he's had like a few good features, but I mean, um, and then he's mostly known for just one song and bringing making Champion fucking expensive. Champion clothing shit. brand expensive. You ain't lying. That shit is expensive nowadays. <laughs> we used to used to be able to buy that shit at Walmart. And right. Now, That's now, what I tell my my kids. Like now a shirt costs thirty dollars at fucking Foot Locker. You know exactly. <laughs> and the sweats the sweats are really popular and those are expensive and backpacks and accessories yeah. and things like that. That's all thanks to Chance the Rapper. Damn, I didn't know he was the one that pioneered that. That really yeah, brought he's, it back. He's the one that brought it back. Yeah. Damn. He's the one. That's that's crazy, but this this festival at first I thought it was fake, didn't you? Yeah, that's kind of what I thought. I was like, I was like, there's no way that this because you see fake stuff like this all the right. time, going viral and floating around, and um, I was like, that just that lineup just seems too good to be true, um, and so. I was thinking the same thing. Like, there's no way but that that's... What made me realize that it's not fake is Live Nation is putting... The, the production company that's putting all this together, mm. they're the largest live event promoter in the world. And yeah. they operate out of T-Mobile Arena. So, like, that made me really believe that this is real. Because, I like you, like, I see on Facebook or social media all the time, they'll put together graphics of... Oh, wouldn't this be a, a neat festival to go to or a concert to go to? A dream, right. a dream concert. Right. And that's kind of what this is. And a lot of these bands, like, I've never heard of, you know, but, like, the bands that I would want to see, AFI, The Used, Alkaline Trio, Dashboard Confessionals, all those big names yeah, would be pretty cool. Um, I wasn't really into a lot of the emo bands back then, a lot of the pop punk bands back then. Uh, the biggest one I was into was Blink-182. Were you into any of these bands, like, more than the other? Oh, yeah, um, definitely. I think the one that sticks out to me the most is Bright Eyes. Bright Eyes, yeah, I forgot about um, that. I think, I think that one it's, um, sticks out to me the most. I love Bright Eyes. I love Connor Oberst, and I was a huge fan of Desaparecidos before um, he went solo and did Bright Eyes. So I think that one was the one that stuck out to me the most. I would say that one, and I would probably go with Taking Back Sunday and Dashboard. Like I still listen to those two bands to this day. Um, so were you a My Chemical Romance fan? No, I wasn't either. But Jimmy Eat World, Jimmy Eat World, I love Jimmy sure. Eat World back Al then. Alkaline Trio for sure. I'm trying to look at some Avril Lavigne. I haven't heard from Avril Lavigne in so long. Fuck I didn't even know she was still alive. Fuck that bitch. <laughs> I heard a rumor <laughs> that she was dead, but I guess really? that's not true. Yeah. I'm sure she doesn't look the same. She was pretty cute back then, right? I mean, for a um, skater chick type of vibe, yeah. Isn't it crazy I mean, how like this, this genre of music has kind of fallen off? I mean, it was, I mean, it was popular at one time during our adolescent years but really, it's really not really it, if, it's really, not around anymore really if you think about it like rock music just in general has fallen off has fallen yeah, yeah, yeah. way way off i'm surprised they haven't they didn't mix up any uh rappers in here but it's all straight emo straight pop punk bands yeah. 
there, there's so many to, to see. It's, it's going to be crazy to think about how they're going to structure this. It, it reminds me of like Van's Warp Tour, but emo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's, pre- it's li- that's literally what this is, is an emo version of the Van's Warp Tour. Yeah, it really is. I mean, if you're if you're a huge like uh bring me the horizon fan or taking back Sunday, mm-hmm. I feel like this is a concert, a festival that you have to go to. Even if you're just a fan of one band or a couple bands, because of the experience. There's gonna be a lot of people your age and yeah, it's gonna be in Vegas. It's gonna cost a lot of money to go. So your average person's not going to be able to go uh, you know the young crowd the the you know 20 year olds that really never were into these bands aren't going to be able to go it's going to be yeah people in their 30s yeah it looks like it's i'm i'm reading an article that says that the general admission tickets start at 225 bucks right so that's pretty pricey and that's that's a little bit more than what i paid to go to Austin City Limits, and the only reason why I paid that much to go to Austin City Limits is because I bought them after that they after they were sold out, and I ended up buying them like off a of Ticketmaster or something like that, or no StubHub. I ended up buying them on StubHub, so that's why I paid so much more than you know face right. value. I mean, if you're a big emo fan and you were growing up, I don't see how you can miss this festival. I mean it. It's insane how many bands they have. The only thing that I hate is the fact that it's in Vegas. I fucking hate Vegas. Do you? Why do you hate Vegas? I've Vegas is so overrated. It's fucking hot. It is. The people are so fucking rude. I just don't get any good vibes there. And I and the sad thing is is I've only been there once. Right. And I I've, I've only it. been there once too. <laughs> and I was there and I, for and I'm not, three or four days. I'm not. I'm not in any kind of hurry to go back i was there for about three days my sister got married um over there and we were there for basically a weekend did you go to fremont street yes we did we went to fremont which i actually liked fremont more than i liked this see that's what i hear often from people i know and just you know anybody that that i talk to when we bring up vegas they say fremont street is where it's at it's more relaxed it's more laid back yeah. But on the strip, it's not as crazy. Yeah. The strip is like I hated the fact that in order to go into clubs you had to, you know, have a dress, you had to dress suit and tie accordingly. Shit, yeah. You had to have a blazer on, you know, you had to dress nice and that's why when I when we went to New Orleans, I loved it because we could just be ourselves and walk into any yeah. any club, any bar exactly. and just not worry about any dress code, but right. Vegas is so uppity when it comes to that kind of stuff. Yeah. And and that's pretty much kind of another reason why I didn't like it. It was it was just too bougie for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's you know, a, that's a good way to way, put it. Way too bougie for me. Um, and I just don't care for it. I I did not care for Vegas. And one, once you've seen like one cons- casino, you've seen them all. They all fucking look alike. Even the fucking what are they called? The dealers and shit. They all fucking look alike. They're all fucking Japanese and shit. <laughs> like they all fucking look alike. You know what I liked about Vegas was the fact that I don't know if they still do this, but you know they would serve you free drinks when you you know sat down to gamble and things like that. And I'm not a big gambler, so I would just sit at one of the the slot machines and you know pretend like I'm playing, and they bring me drinks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the oh, yeah. clubs, you know, were pretty exclusive too. Like 
you won't find that kind of stuff anywhere else. Those type of clubs and the atmosphere is is really it's one of a kind, basically. Mm-hmm. You know, I had more fun just walking up and down the strip drinking because you know you could yeah. walk around with alcohol. Right. That was the most fun I had, and that was when we first got there. We just took off and walked all the way up up and down the strip, and it was just a cool experience. But yeah, I'm I'm with you. It sucks that it has to be in Vegas. But I get I get it though, you know. It's the hub mm-hmm. for anything big. You know, you've got the Raiders there now. You've got all of, you know, the residencies with um artists that stay there. Yeah. So I guess it makes sense. Yeah. But I'm surprised a lot of these bands are still around, to be honest with you. I know, you. they've gotta be old as fuck. <laughs> Yeah, they got to be a lot older than we are, that's for sure. Like, I wonder how old Connor Oberst is. Like, just, like, I'd have to look him up. I don't know, man, but I'd be stoked to see AFI, The Used, Jimmy Eat World, um, Prevail, those type of bands. I mean, those were were okay, but a a majority of these bands I've never listened to. I was more into the punk scene, 90s punk scene, skate punk, all that kind of stuff. Like Connor Oberst is forty one, so you gotta you gotta assume that a good majority of the musicians are around the same age in their forties. So, but it's I feel like it's gonna be very entertaining. I feel like people that go, you know, their parents, their adults, they're gonna get crazy in this type of atmosphere, this type of environment, bringing back all those memories and all those songs. It's gonna get wild. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. not going to get fucking Astro World wild, but oh I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they're going to have to figure that shit out because they're going to be some idiots there. They're going to get too. Yeah, crazy. there's there's still a lot of backlash from that. So, uh, and I'm sure they're they're planning something to to avoid that. So yeah, and the the disaster of that that con the the country concert and the the Vegas shooter, man, that was just tragic. Yeah, I hope they have their security like on point. And the They'd the plan to, the planning yeah. of it all has got to be strategic and and tedious too. Hopefully, it's not a shit show or another fire festival. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I have a jaw rule. They're all fucking sleeping in FEMA tents Make and shit. shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe that thing even existed. Like people, most of the people that attended that were just rich kids, to yeah. be honest. And yeah. they just they just got there from mommy and daddy's money or trust fund babies and. I'm glad it happened to them, because it was like on a remote location. It was wasn't on. It? it was on like an island that used to be owned by a fucking Medellin cartel member, <laughs> who used to fucking run. Yeah, that run, was, run with Pablo Escobar. That was one shit. of their selling points, right? Yeah, like yeah. try to try to attract concert goers to come to this festival on this island. Yeah, they tried to sell that, and they made like a whole bunch of. Uh, Promotional videos, like, you know, them on jet skis and, and yachts and made, made it depict like they're they're living the lavish life and you're going to live that life too once you got there. But it was a total fucking debacle. It was, yeah. It was terrible. <laughs> Since we're on the topic of music, I was thinking about this the other day. What are the most influential bands that molded you as a person? Well, definitely, um, definitely, um, I, which I mentioned them earlier just a minute ago, Red Hot Chili Peppers. They're definitely in my my top three bands. So, when did you start listening to the the Peppers? Um, I would say mid nineties. 
so like around by the time I was like nine or ten, because mm-hmm. my brother, uh, my brother was the one who he listened to all of those that those bands was that type of music. How much he's, older he's, is he than you? Um, he is. See, eight years older than me. Okay, so yeah, so, he yeah. was probably what in his in his teens at that he time. He was, yeah, he 20s. was. He was actually ju- early he Just graduated high school and was just about to join the army. Mm-hmm. And um, he listened to all those bands. Like he's the one that introduced me to Red Hot Chili Peppers, Nirvana, um, Rage Against the Machine, Rancid, uh, Offspring, Green Day. I mean, he's the one that introduced me to all of those artists. So thank him for showing me some good music so because he got to really experience it as a as an adult yeah and he did he go to any concerts um not that i can remember like off the top of my head i'm not i'm not really sure if he ever did or not because in the 90s that's when they were in their prime they Mm -hmm. they were hot man they were they were one of the top bands in the world at that time yeah and really they just kept getting better um because like early 2000s which this is actually my favorite album of theirs um by the way that's that came out in what 2001 i think to me that was their best album and one of my favorites and they as they as they got older they got they they progressed and they got better and shit they're still making music to this day they so. stood the test of time they, they still really have. get out there and they tour they sell out every yeah. concert it was so great seeing them live i loved it you it saw them so, in denver is that right in austin oh in austin uh, at austin okay. city limits yeah man that that's that's a bucket list band that i would i would love to go see yeah for sure were, they were awesome. Now, I know they're so much older than us, and they're they've been around for a long time. That, but I'm, I'm sure the concert was on point, and it was it was awesome. Absolutely. So, is there a particular song that you go back to that just kind of cultivated your upbringing and kind of directed you in the in the way that you eventually went in life? Like, I know I've got some songs like that, but is there any that that, that you can remember that really stuck with you? From from Chili Peppers, mm-hmm. I would say um, probably Soul to Squeeze. Oh, that's a good one. Probably, definitely up there. Um, under the Bridge. Under the Bridge. By the Way. which And then not only is By the Way a great song, but the that's probably, in my opinion, the greatest music video of all time. <laughs> It is. It's a good. It's a, a good great video. music yeah, yeah, video. Yeah. I loved it, and that was. And I remember, you know, being like a freshman or sophomore in high school, and we finally got MTV. We finally got cable, and this was back when MTV actually still played fucking music videos. Yeah, yeah. And I remember waking Not up. Not reality TV shows. Yeah, I remember waking up in the morning, getting ready to go to school, and that was one of the videos that was always playing in the morning. Because it was like one of the the hottest videos at the time, and that's, I, that's one thing I miss is getting up, getting ready for school, like in high school, and they they would play music videos mm-hmm. through the morning, and yeah. I would sit there, I'd turn on MTV, and I just you know listen to and watch videos, and it got yep. me in a good mood for the day, and I you know that was back when uh, they would throw newspapers 
out on your front lawn mm-hmm. and it was free and the city of Amarillo still had their, their printing facility. And I loved grabbing the newspaper and just sitting there and reading the newspaper before I went to school. And I'd, yep. I'd have, you know, MTV on in the background, listening to music videos and watching them. That's one thing that, that really stuck with me. Yep. But, uh, you know, for me, the two bands that I can't choose just one. I, I really can't. But the two bands that really have always been an influence in my life that, that have stuck with me throughout, you know, from the time I was 13 all the way up till, you know, till today, 33 years old is Green Day and the offspring because i was a huge punk fan back then and yeah a lot of people put them in the you know the pop punk category but you know i like their earlier stuff yeah from the from the late 80s early 90s you know um ignition the offspring um of course dookie was green day's you know mainstream breakout album but you know a a thousand hours of slappy hours that that one was awesome in in the late 80s but those two bands for me shaped who i am today because growing up, I had a lot of pent up, you know, angst, you know, as a mm-hmm. teenager and those, those bands and, and the music resonated with me and I could relate to the songs and I liked the punk rock sound. It was fast. It was hard. It, it, it really like brought out that aggression. And that's one thing that I could relate to at that time. Yeah. And really like, those two bands really kind of set the bar for like all the 90s punk rock bands because like if you listen to like 90s punk rock and then like say 80s punk rock they they really sound completely different they do they're they're more like, melodic and yeah more poppy in the 90s but more fun you know yeah cuz like in the 80s it was like really like you listen to bands like suicidal tendencies and, and black flag dead kennedy's bad like, religion yeah they're like super dark mm-hmm. like it's punk rock but it's like super dark um so yeah green day and the offspring really changed the game honestly they did they were the first mainstream punk bands that that really broke into the world that where you could have punks listening to them. You'd have jocks, you know, also enjoying the music at the same time. It yeah. brought a lot of different clicks together because it was it was music that people could relate to. It wasn't such an outcast thing at that time when when they became mainstream. Yeah, but like you know, I've got a tattoo that's that's um, inspired by the Green Day Dookie album. You know, in in '94 when they released it, and that was an album that I listened to a ton when I was 12, 13, 14, 15 years old. And I, I just could relate to the music and yeah. I love the sound. So, you know, those two bands really set the tone for who I am as a person. The Green Day sound was kind of unique because Billy Armstrong had that British type accent when he sang. Mm-hmm. It was different. British versus American key influence. It was unique. And then, you know, I got into, you know, Blink-182 in the late 90s. You know, that's one of Joseph's favorite bands. And it's, they're, one, they're up there for me. But I wish I would have grown up as a teenager in the 90s. Yeah. Of course, we were kids in the 90s. Yeah. So we didn't get to enjoy a lot of it. But that decade is my favorite as far as music goes. And then the 80s is a close second. I know you're a huge 80s fan, too. So Yeah, for sure. There's been, it's hard to choose just one band or two bands 
that you've listened to throughout your life? Is there a, a close runner up that you can think of? Um, I think my runner up it would either have to be Smashing Pumpkins or Weezer. I mean, because that's my top three, not necessarily in a particular order, but Chili Peppers, Smashing Pumpkins, and Weezer. Um, Rage Against the Machine is. Oh yeah, you're a huge Rage fan. Too. You and Chris. I love Rage Against the Machine. Um, because I, I was I would, inspired I would, by so many different sounds, you yeah. know. I would probably go with Rage just because, you know, that's one of the first like rock bands that kind of mix in a little bit of hip hop. Uh, you know, with Zach De La Rocha kind of rapping some of the lyrics. So I would I would probably say Rage, being the most second most influential for me. Good choice, sure. good choice. One form of media that really, you know, got me into punk rock and that type of sound were the skate videos of the 90s. Mm-hmm. I had a friend and his older brother was a lot, he was like 10 years older than us and he had a whole bunch of VHSs and he had a whole bunch of the skate uh, compilation videos. And back then, that's how a lot of these bands found their footing in popularity because skating was huge in the nineties. Right. So mm-hmm. people would put pop on those tapes and they would, they would get into the, the, the classic iFish video, you know, of, of everybody yeah, yeah, skating yeah. and the music, they would put bands on there to, to, exp- to get them exposure. And that's where I found, you know, no effects became a huge fan of no effects, bad religion, um, operation Ivy, all of those ground breaking bands of the, of the eighties and the early nineties. Mm-hmm. Um, the Melvins were on there, the Meat Puppets, all all those type of bands, and the Meat Puppets. Ironically, they they influenced uh, Kurt Cobain. He's a huge Meat Puppets fan. But there's so many bands, I can't even I can't even list them all. But it, it's it's important to go back and think about those those bands that that really shaped your who you are as a person. And those two are mine. Yeah, for sure. On the same wavelength of of music, did you? hearing the media of the joe rogan crap that's going on yeah i just recently heard about it today because i seen that um i was on twitter and i seen that nickelback was trending and i was like why the fuck is nickelback trending (laughs) and i seen something that said that um they threatened to well i've seen a couple of different things i seen somebody said that they threatened to keep their music on spotify and then i seen somebody else say that they threatened to release a new album Unless Joe Rogan was sent either censored or removed from Spotify completely. So a variety of different artists are asking Spotify to take down their music. I know Neil Young was one of them, right? Yes. Uh, Neil Young was one. Uh, Nickelback's the other. And Who the I'm fuck sure- is going to listen to a new Nickelback album? <laughs> <laughs> They're just... Okay, to the young generation that grew up with social media, engage in TikTok or religiously and even Instagram and things like that, they know Nickelback as one of the worst bands of all time because they're made fun of so much. Yeah. And are they really the worst? No. Band? Not at all. I mean <laughs> I mean they're they're pretty bad, but they you know, when we were growing up, when we were teenagers, they were fucking popular. Yeah. 
in the in the early two thousands, you had that wave of like shitty rock bands, like you had Creed, Nickelback, Three Days Grace, and uh, Puddle of Mud, and what was that other one? Three Doors Down. I call it the Yurl, the Yurl <laughs> yeah. genre of fucking rock. Yeah, there there was like just that period. Yeah, where it was like post grunge, and they were trying to like feed off of what grunge had built and. You know, grunge is a form of punk, and it just got so discombobulated that yeah, bands like Creed and, and Nickelback, they caught on because of that whole scene was still alive, but they were not, they didn't have the street cred that uh, Alice in Chains had or, yeah, you know, Soundgarden or Nirvana or any of those bands. It was like, so like that era of rock was like, was like grunge, but without heroin <laughs> <laughs> wasn't creed like a christian yeah they were like a, a christian band first and then turned into the, a, the scott stapp dude he i've heard he's a like a raging piece of shit well i mean People if you, if, if you wear fucking leather pants and a fucking wife beater 24 7 then yeah you're a fucking piece of shit with arms wide open <laughs> <laughs> Puddle that's, of mud that's all too. that guy fucking wore like, was a wife beater in pleather pants. I say that it it was popular at that time, and a vast majority of people liked that music, but I never did. I never did either. There's like one Creed song that I um, can remember that was decent. My, wanted, own, my Own Prison. I wanted to bang my head okay. every time I heard their fucking music. Yeah. And Barstool was going to have them halftime perform at their bowl game because they have a bowl they're, they're sponsoring a bowl game now right i think it's the arizona bowl and unfortunately we did not get to see that transpire because it got canceled because of covid <laughs> the teams had too many players that came down with covid so they had to cancel it would you have tuned into that to the bar sp- stool Sports well, halftime show with, with Creed. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I would have been interested to see, you know, how they performed it and what it what it looked like. You know, because I, I always go back and remember when they performed at one of the Cowboys games. And he's like f- flying down on, on uh, some, you know, suspended cable and he's like flying around. <laughs> so fucking cheesy. <laughs> I would have tuned in just to laugh basically right that, that would be entertainment it. oh yeah but yeah i don't what did joe rogan even say that was so controversial to, to where these artists want to take their music off of there it was something to do with vaccines right yeah it it, it has to do with covid19 and and being vaccinated i'm i'm not sure specifically what he said i'd have to honestly i'd have to he always has you know some hot takes and he voices his opinion and if it pisses you off so be it everyone's entitled to their own opinion and express the way they feel about whatever particular issue that may be out there in the news i think it's just it's stupid late last year like around september rogan himself was positive for covid he said that it didn't it affect him that bad because of his own personal regimen that he did um such as he took monoclonal antibodies Mm -hmm. 
um, ivermectin, uh, which is a drug usually taken to treat parasitic infestations and not endorsed by medical e- experts as effective treatment for COVID. And so that's what caused all the com- controversy. Because, of course, at the time there was... Um, Apparently, there was a lot of poison-related hospitalizations at the time of people who had self-medicated themselves with ivermectin. Mm -hmm. And so, he was criticized for that. But it's just one man's thoughts, one man's opinions, one man's way of living his own life. I don't understand why everybody had a huge issue. Well, if you think about it, Joe Rogan is probably the number one podcaster in the world he's like yeah he's like the number one spokesperson so if he's telling people oh i took ivermectin and i was only sick with covid for two days then that's going to influence other people to try to do the same thing you know what i'm saying and um because that's unfortunately the world that we live in people you know um it's very monkey see, monkey do. They want yeah, they want exactly. to copy the people that they they're idolize. Sheep. But sheep. at the same time, like he's not negligent in the way that he presents information. Yeah. He doesn't say if you take if you don't take this, you're a dumbass and you know you're gonna die. He doesn't like force feed information down your throat. He offers a a wide perspective on different topics and issues. And then it's up to you to make the decision on what you want to do mm-hmm. or what you believe. Yeah. Like, that's why so many people were coming down on on Aaron Rodgers um, was because Aaron Rodgers said that he, he, you know, when he got punished by the NFL, or not punished by the NFL, but when he tested positive for COVID – and they asked him about his vaccination status, and he was like, I'm not vaccinated, but I'm immunized or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he told somebody that he had take basically taken medical advice from Joe Rogan. <laughs> and so, you know, it's... He's not it's, a licensed doctor. He's yeah. just... He's just a podcaster. He's a podcaster. He's an influencer, if you want to call him that. He does have a lot of of influence among people, but people have got to be smart enough to make decisions the on decision their own. <laughs> that best suits them, that best fits their lifestyle. You know, I, I don't get the idea of other artists like getting so upset that they want to take their music off when that's a form of them generating income. It's yeah. just it's stupid to me. No one listens to Neil Young anyway. But, <laughs> I know, right? Or Nickelback. Nobody under, <laughs> let's say, 60 listens to Neil Young. And nobody these days listens to Nickelback for the reasons that we expressed earlier. <laughs> they, right. They're the most made fun of band besides, I would say, band or group uh, ICP. They're pretty made fun of, you know. <laughs> yeah. they're, they're mocked quite a bit of being, you know, one of the worst bands or groups of all time. So I don't I don't get the big fuss about it, but you know people are dumb. People people want to have an, a reason to cause a stir and get it gain attention. Yeah. It seems like they're they're wanting to gain some attention from this mm-hmm. publicity of some kind, whether it be negative or positive. They're trying to gain it. 
But moving on. So we're going to transition into some sports. This weekend, we've got the AFC and NFC Championship. The season's flown by, but here we are. Last games before the Super Bowl. So let's go into the NFC real quick. NFC Championship. So we've got the 49ers. We've got the Rams. What are your predictions? What do you think is going to happen? I hope the fucking 49ers get their fucking ass knocked in. <laughs> After last week? <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't see them winning. I did not see that happening whatsoever. Yeah, uh, it it was very, very disappointing, man. Because um, they, they didn't do shit against us all fucking game. For us to lose like that, basically from a blocked punt and a blocked field goal. Right. Um, it was all special teams for them. Um, and that's been, that was our, our weak, weakest point all season, actually, has been our weakest point for the last couple of years. Uh, so for us to lose like that really sucks. Um, but I hope, I hope the Rams fucking win. Um, you know, they're at home. Um, and you know, the last time the Rams met the 49ers, they blew a 17 0 lead and mm-hmm. lost in overtime. Yeah. They're going to be playing at home and they're going to want to maintain that home field advantage for the Super Bowl. They've got all the motivation to win this game. Yeah. Just the stats don't look very good against him. Like, like uh, the 49ers, I think, have won like six straight against the Rams, I think. Yep. So, the 49ers, uh, yeah. So, statistically, it doesn't look good for the Rams, but on paper, the Rams are the better team. They're the better squad. I mean, you've got Matthew Stafford at quarterback. Jimmy G is the most overrated, overpaid fucking quarterback in the goddamn league. <laughs> um, you know, and other than Debo Samuel, they really don't have any other weapons. I mean, Elijah Mitchell is dealing with a knee injury, so the running game is 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 not that solid. Um, and I just don't I don't see. Debo Samuel doing it by himself because George Kittle has literally been non-existent so far the entire playoffs. He didn't do shit against the Cowboys, and I think he only had like one catch, one good catch against Green Bay. Right, he hasn't been that so, productive or involved. He has not this at all. He has not at all. Um, it's been all defense and special teams for the 49ers. Um, and I don't think that they're going to have enough for uh, Matthew Stafford, Cooper Cup, Odell, and and OBJ. Um, I think they're going to try to take away Cooper Cup, and and Beckham is going to be on an island and see one on one in ma- in those matchups, and he's going to win most of them. And that's and that's what sets apart like the Rams from like say the Packers, for example. You know they double team, triple team. Uh, Devonte Adams after that after that first drive when Green Bay scored that touchdown really quick, they started double teaming and triple teaming uh, Devonte Adams, and every other re- receiver that Aaron Rodgers threw to dropped the damn ball, and OBJ's not gonna drop balls, you know. No, Cooper's not gonna drop balls. So if they double team, triple team Cooper Cup, you're leaving OBJ one on one with who knows who. And Jaylen, I can't maybe. remember which corner it is for the 49ers, but he 
is terrible, and he's gotten beat so many times this season. He's a liability for sure, but I mm. think it's it's crazy that Kyle Shanahan has has beat Sean McVay six times in a row. So I think the the coaching advantage is on the 49ers side, mm-hmm. but the Rams defensively, they get after the quarterback. Yeah. And if Aaron, they're, if they're, Aaron Donald, man, he's so good. If the 49ers cannot run the ball, they're not going to win the game. They've yeah, got to have an effective running game. And that's the thing is that the Rams just have to stop the run. And that's it because that's really all the 49ers got. It is. I mean, and, and that's what sucks with, with Green Bay because we stuffed their run. We we shut them down. And then, like, every third down, we had Jimmy G on his fucking ass. Like, we sacked him, like, six fucking times that game. Unfortunately, the 49ers just got lucky on a, on some special teams plays. And it was super disappointing. So that's why I hope I they, feel you. I, that's I feel why you. I hope they don't win. Hey, as a Cowboys <laughs> fan, I feel you because and, and, disappointment and they really didn't do, is what they, we're used to. They really didn't do shit against the Cowboys either. You know, the Cowboys had 14 fucking penalties. Yeah, the penalties you know, killed us. Um, you know, and, and there was some bad play calling there. but Of course. Um, you had a you had a lateral uh, catch. You know, a run down the middle with 14 you, you seconds. Had, you had a quarterback, no timeout, quarterback draw. You know, yeah, right up the middle. It was just, it was nonsense. But the one thing that I found interesting is Garoppolo's QBR is around 68. The past five meetings between the 49ers and the Rams. So that's, that's pretty decent there. Yeah. If he can be a a, a game manager and he can it, be Jimmy- consistent and effective. Jimmy G's with problem, short to intermediate yeah. passes and run the ball, they'll mm-hmm. have a chance. Jimmy G's problem is he turns the ball over. So yeah, he's a choke artist. If he turns the ball over to the Rams, it's that's I mean that's that's game right there. I mean, in the 49ers, they average over 120 yards a game the past five meetings between them and the Rams. So they they've got a history of being able to run the ball. And when you have a defense like the Rams who get after the quarterback, it's going to create a lot of space to run the ball and set up those those uh, halfback draws and things like that and mm-hmm. you know swing that back into the flats and beat beat that rush that way. I mean, they that that's one thing that Jimmy G can do. He can dink and dunk. He can't really throw the ball down the field very accurately or effectively, no. but you know, they've got to be able to run the ball to win that game. And I just I don't see it happening. I, hope I, I think not. I think they're going to get fingers crossed. I think they're going to get. I don't know. Blown out is it's going to be a right close term. game. It's going to be a close game. I think it's going to be a potential come down to the the last possession type of game. It could um, be. It could be a close game. It could be a 30, 34, 28 type game. But I just think the extra motivation is on the Rams side, you know, playing yeah. at home and, and possibly playing at home in a Super Bowl. Like they're going to want to come out and make mm-hmm. a statement and win this game comfortably. Yeah, and I think they will. But it, it's all going to depend on it. Can Sean McVay get over the hump and defeat Kyle Shanahan? Because you know Kyle Shanahan and his dad. Yeah, he's got a lot of advice coming his way from his dad, and he's a. I think he's the better coach, but Sean McVay is a good offensive mind, and they'll they'll have a good game plan. I think going into this game, yeah. 
for sure. But moving on to the next game, the AFC Championship, you got the Bengals, you got the Chiefs. And I was super disappointed the Bills lost. <laughs> I wanted to see the Bills in the AFC Championship game, and 13 seconds wasn't enough. You um, know, that was a crazy game for sure. They needed to milk that clock a little bit more because Mahomes went down 13 seconds left and they kicked that field goal. And then they they basically Travis, won Travis. the game with the coin toss in overtime. Yep. It's insane. Those those two games, the divisional round games, were probably two of the best games I'd seen in years. Mm-hmm. And that goes with college too. Like They were just phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. I think Cincinnati's going to shock a lot of people. Um, you know, they beat the Chiefs earlier this year in the regular season. I mean, it is going to be hard to go into Arrowhead um, during an AFC championship game. Right. That's uh, one of the most I've difficult been, places to play. I've I've been in Arrowhead before, and it is I've heard loud. it's super loud. It's not even, like, it's it's indescribable of how loud it is. It really is. Um, yeah, they used to play the Big place. 12 championship there. Yeah, and I always heard stories of how loud it was there. It's it's crazy. I mean, the whole place like vibrates. It's it, like I said, it's indescribable. Cause like, I, I went there in two thousand eleven, right, uh, the year after Green Bay won the Super Bowl, and we were we were undefeated. We went to can. My mom lived in Kansas City at the time, and we she got me tickets, us tickets, to the Packers Chiefs game. And they upset us that game. They won like I think it was nineteen to seven. They were like they were like five and eight at the time, and we were like fourteen and zero. <laughs> that's that's we were we were heartbreaking way to going under. Right yeah, and they had like Kyle Orton as their quarterback, and I was like, "There's no way we're fucking losing this game." And nope they they upset us. But yeah, the 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 stadium like vibrates. And the the fans are just so loud. I mean, it's it's amazing. It's it's incredible of how loud it is. Um, and with that that noise I, and that atmosphere, they're gonna. I their front their front four are gonna get after uh, Joe Burrow, and that's been one of the Bengals' weakest links. You know, this year's pass protection. Yeah, the O line. He's gotten sacked fifty one times in the regular season and nine it's last week versus the Titans. Like yeah. they're gonna have to protect Burrow or else yeah. it's game over. Yeah, for sure. I do other than the offensive line, I still think Cincinnati's the more complete team. Jamar Chase, Joe Mixon. Yeah. I think Cincinnati has a better defense than Kansas City. Um I'd love to see the Bengals beat Kansas City. I think I think they're gonna shock some people, man. On their home turf. I, I really hope so, man. Because I think they're gonna shock some people. I, I really I really want it to be a Bengals Rams Super Bowl. But uh, I mean, I, I'm not gonna be surprised if it's a repeat of a couple of years yeah. ago where it's the 49ers and and Chiefs again. But you're right about you know the Bengals defense. They've got a stout defense, and um, you know the Chiefs defense. They couldn't slow down Josh Allen last week. He put up like 440 yards against them. Yeah, four touchdowns, something yeah. like that. Yeah. So who's to say Burrow isn't going to do the same thing? I I think that it's very high possibility and high likelihood that he does because of the weapons that he has. But yeah. they've just got to protect him. That's the biggest thing. Yeah. And like I said, um, 
you know, the Bengals beat the Chiefs earlier this in the regular season. But again, the Chiefs were really struggling at the beginning of the regular season, and they really started to, you know, come along towards the end there. Um, so they're a def- definitely a different team now than they were when they played the Bengals in the regular season. So we'll see what happens. But the Bengals, you know, as good of a defense as they, they have, they struggle to cover tight ends, and I wonder if they're going to be able to cover Kelsey and, and contain Tariq Hill. Kel- Kelsey's going to demolish any defense he goes against. The dude is just so good. And so is Tyreek Hill. I mean, he's just unbelievable. Yeah. I mean that dude. That as soon as that dude takes off running, man, ain't nobody catching his no, ass. No, when he when he caught that slant over the middle and he just took off and scored late in that game last week, it was just like, damn, this this kid is is the real deal. He's the truth because yeah, he's got next level speed. Like it's it's unhuman. Yeah, I, I don't under, I can't describe it. It's it's insane to watch. But, yeah, I don't want to see Mahomes in another Super Bowl. I don't want to see the Chiefs. I don't want to see all these Tech fans wearing their fucking, you know, Patrick Mahomes Tech jerseys when he didn't do shit. I mean, he was a good player when he was there, but they didn't win shit when he was there. So it's just – it's annoying, man. There's so many people around our area that that are Chiefs fans now because of Mahomes. Right. Jumping on the bandwagon. Yeah. But, of course, he's going to have an unbelievable game because he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. It's just annoying to me. I, I don't want to see him appear in another Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, I'm just glad fucking Brady's bitch ass ain't in the shit, so <laughs> it is what it is. I mean, Jamar Chase did destroy um, the Bengals' defense earlier in the season, so he had like 11 catches for 200 yards and a few touchdowns. He may, he may do that again. We'll see. He's insane. I'm excited you know? for I'm, this I'm super excited to see him play like – he was a Blitnikoff winner. He was one of the best receivers, you know, in college football for for that 2019 season with LSU. He's just he's unbelievable. Him and um, Devonte Smith for the for the Eagles. Those yeah. two are just insane young players. But yeah, so you're you're predicting Bengals yeah, by I'm, how much? I'm gonna go Bengals over Chiefs. I'm gonna say this final score will be. I'm going to go 34-30 Bengals. Okay, okay. I'm going to go Rams 24-21. Okay, so for me, I'm going to have to go Bengals 27-24 over the Chiefs, and then I'm going to go Rams over the 49ers 31-17. Damn, so you got them winning by a lot. I think they will, man. I really think that they're going to come out on fire and they're just going to put together a complete game and Sean McVay is going to get over the hump and, and beat Kyle Shanahan. and They're going to play in the Super Bowl in their home stadium. It's going to be wild. I think it's going to be much closer just because these teams play each other twice a year. It's a division game. They know each other. So I think it's going to be... I think it's going to be a lot lower scoring than what a lot of people might think. I don't know what the spread is on the game, but I think it'll be lower scoring compared to the Bengals and Chiefs. But I think it's going to be close. I think think it's going to be a close game. Yeah, I'm predicting a three-point game in that one. And then the Rams, I just think they're going to run away with it because 
The Forty I mean, Niners are going to run out of luck. You know, they've they've yeah. gotten this far. They've had a couple of uh, lucky plays go their way for sure, and calls, penalties go their way, and against the other team with the Cowboys, and then and then you know with the block punt and the block field goal against Green Bay, they just they've had things go their way. I think it's going to unravel this game. I don't think Debo is going to be enough to move the ball offensively, and I don't think they're going to be able to run the ball. And they've been relying on Debo so much with the in, in running situations yeah. too, handing him the ball. I don't know. I think uh, the well, they've had the Rams some, are going to be ready for that. Yeah, they've had so many injuries, um, like Mosert or whatever his name is, been hurt all year. Mm-hmm. Um, Elijah Mitchell just kind of came out of nowhere. Um, he was like a sixth round pick. And he just kind of came out of nowhere, and his his knees like fucked up right now, like he was actually I think doubtful for the game. Um, so I, think, I mean he's banged up, and yeah, like you said, I don't think Debo Samuel can can do it on his own. I, I mean, think the Rams are going to run the ball better than the Forty ers this game. Yeah, they've ran the ball well all year, and I think they're going to continue. And I don't think Jimmy G's going to live up to. To being more than what I, he what he's supposed to be. I can't stand that motherfucker. <laughs> I really can't. But one thing that people aren't talking about enough, and maybe maybe they are, I'm just not aware, but you know, the halftime show of the Super Bowl. I think it's gonna be one of the best ones yet, man. Oh, uh, definitely. Fucking Dr. Dre, Eminem, Snoop, Snoop Dogg, Mary J. Blige, Ken Le- Kendrick Lamar. Can, gonna, can you imagine? It's gonna be fire. That is a legendary lineup. And I don't know what took so long for these these uh, phenomenal legendary artists to come together like Dre, Snoop, and Eminem to put on a halftime show. But man, I'm definitely going to be tuned into the halftime show for sure. Me too. And we're going to be watching it together, hopefully. So. Yeah, it's going to um, be great. Hell yeah! Lots of booze, lots of snacks, lots of food. Hell I'm yeah. I'm game because. That's one thing that I am looking forward to with this year's Super Bowl is a halftime show. I hope it doesn't underwhelm. Our expectations. Do you think it will? I don't think so. I don't think so either. I, Ma- think, so. I think they might bring Eminem, out a special guest, Eminem, another special Eminem, artist. Eminem's not going to let it fucking happen. Like anything that Eminem and Dre are going to do, they're going to make sure it's fucking fire. And this is big same for thing, Eminem. Like, same thing with Snoop. He's been kind of a recluse, you know, over the yeah. years. And him coming out on a big stage like this, people are going to be pumped. Oh, yeah, for sure. I think it's going to be one of the most viewed halftime shows of all time. For sure. I don't know if you remember when we were growing up, Michael Jackson, the Cowboys and Bills Super Bowl yeah. and the Rose Bowl. And you had, uh, I think it was the same one where you had Garth Brooks sing the national anthem. Was it the same one? I think it was, yeah. Yeah. That was pretty epic. That was probably one of my favorites right there, just as a kid seeing that. I mean, I was a huge Garth Brooks fan growing up. And then to see Michael Jackson, the king of pop, that was pretty cool. Um. Prince in the Rain singing, was awesome. singing yeah. Purple Rain yeah. was probably my favorite. I remember when Kiss performed. It was I think it was one of the Broncos Super Bowls in 97 or 98. Kiss. Do you remember that? <laughs> no, I don't think so. I don't think I remember that. What did you think of The Weeknd's performance? <sighs> what was that a couple years ago? Yeah, that was last year. Was it Super last Bowl. year? Yeah, that was last year. God. I, it was... I don't know. I couldn't stop thinking of that movie, Us. Right, yeah. <laughs> that movie's good, man. I love that movie. Yeah. 
And, and I like The Weeknd. I like his music. I'm a, I'm a fan of his, but I didn't really care for his show. Do I think it was the worst one? No, but it wasn't as bad as Coldplay. Because Coldplay was fucking terrible. Um, yeah. I mean, you've got to... When you put together a halftime performance show, you've got to pull out the popular artists at the time or legendary artists. Mm-hmm. That's the only way to do it, in my opinion. I mean, they've they've had subpar performances in the past. I mean, the Janet Jackson JT that was that was okay with the titty <laughs> popping out. <laughs> oh, that's so funny! Did you watch that one live? Yes, I remember it. I remember. That was insane. <laughs> I would have never thought anything like that would happen on live TV. <laughs> on a stage like that, you know? In front of yeah. millions she, and millions she, of She had like a pasty on, didn't she? Like, I think so, yeah. Like around her nipples, she had like yeah. a pasty. <laughs> yeah, I remember. <laughs> we talked about this before with like who we would, uh, who would be our you know, dream perform- performance of the Super Bowl. Who who would you choose? Like dead or alive? Any artist? I'd probably go with Queen. Queen, yeah. I think that I think that was my pick. Whenever we did that, you know, I think it was that last year when we talked about it around this time. I think I said Queen, Tupac, and someone else. I'd have to go with Pac. I've man. always wanted. I'm to a see, huge Pac fan. And I think have they been on a show like as like a cameo? Have, Foo Fighters. I've always oh, said I've always, they would be so good. I've always thought Food Fighters would be a good halftime show. You know, I saw um, there's a TikTok. You know, they put TikToks on YouTube, and now they put them on Facebook. I don't have TikTok, but it was Dave Grohl, and he was outside of um, a bar with some of his security, and there was a lot of people surrounding him, and they were like asking him for autographs, and he was like, "I'm going to tell you one more time." I don't sign autographs unless it's for charity. And they're like, please, please, can you sign, you know, can you personalize this to my son? His name is Joe, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, I'm going to tell you one more time. And he he took a like a brief pause and then he just took off running. <laughs> he took off running. I love Dave Grohl. He's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's cool. I would love to meet him in person. I heard he's a really good guy too. Genuinely a great guy. Yeah. Like he'll take the time to talk to you. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, he's one of the greatest of all time. All right. So, speaking of the NFL and the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes, have you seen his fucking wife in the news a lot lately? I saw that she was leaning over the balcony of the uh, divisional playoff game. And after they won, she was spraying every fan in front of her with champagne. How would you feel if you were one of those fans getting sprayed with champagne? I probably would not be happy. I wouldn't be happy either. I'd be like, what the fuck is uh, falling on me? And then I look up and it's Patrick Mahomes' wife. And she got really pissed off. And she said, uh, I think it's stupid that I can't do what I want to do without being criticized. Something to that nature. I mean, she's she's being like an arrogant, you know, spoiled little brat. She wants to just get away with whatever she wants because she's Patrick Mahomes' wife. And it's kind of the same thing with his brother, right? Yeah. <laughs> What's his brother been doing in the in the uh, media lately? He, I know he's been, like, making a bunch of TikToks, dancing and some other bullshit. He got kicked out of a bar, I heard, recently, too. Yeah. <laughs> he, he thinks he can live up, you know, walk in the 
the spotlight of his older brother and he can get away with whatever he wants to just because his brother is a rich and famous, you know, star quarterback in the league. It's just, it's insane. The dude, the dude gets mocked wherever he goes now. Like people genuinely hate that dude. Yeah. Would you talk shit to him? Have you seen him? To his brother? Yeah. If you were at a game. Fuck yeah. Let's <laughs> just yell some random shit at him. Fucking leech. Sure. I'd say it to his wife too. Yeah, she's... Or fiancé, excuse me. No, I think they're married. They have a kid together, right? So, they haven't officially gotten married yet. Oh, wow. They, I know they do have a kid. Yeah. She's like a... I don't know if she's a high school sweetheart of his, but... Yeah, they've been together since since high school. She's just milking the shit out of it. Just happy to be there. But did you hear she's selling Team Britney shirts for anti-bullying charity? Surprisingly, not everybody is on board. So anti-bullying, but you're, yeah, over here, yeah, yeah. you're over here busting fucking champagne nuts on fucking fans. Yeah, she was ripped on social <laughs> media for spraying bubbly on fans at Arrowhead Stadium, and she was tired of routinely being attacked. But switched it up after she spoke with Charlie uh, Hustle, a local T-shirt designer and seller, about making Team Britney shirts. This is her quote right here. Me and my team have decided to try to turn this buzz into something good for the Kansas City community. We have decided that part of the proceeds from the sales of this shirt are going to go to Red Card Kansas City, which is a local charity here in Kansas City that works to prevent bullying. The 26-year-old says she gets bullied all the time on the internet, so it means a lot that she's able to help. Hmm. <laughs> She gets bullied a lot. Wow. I, I don't I don't see that as a reality. Do you? No. She's just trying to capitalize on, on some things so she can gain some clout and gain some, as Crips Mac would say, some increments, right? Increments. <laughs> some increments <laughs> on Hood. On 55th Street. Oh, Team man. Britney. What is that even about? I mean, that's so stupid. At first, I thought she was referring to like uh, Britney Spears, but it's uh, her name is Britney Matthews. She's just trying to clout chase and gain I mean, some yeah, I notoriety. Feel like she's, I feel like she's just trying to make a name for herself. Because you, you know damn well Pat Mahomes is not going to be with her for the rest of his life. <laughs> he's got he's he's wildly the the most popular quarterback in the league. That dude's going to get tired of this this girl that he's been with for like 15 years and he's going to he's going to eventually move on to some supermodel, right? I mean, that's what they do. Potentially, yeah. <laughs> I mean, look at Tom Brady. I mean, supermodel shit, right? If you're yeah. at that level, if you're a top-tier tier 1 quarterback, you've got to have a supermodel. Aaron Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers, perfect example. Even Dak Prescott has a Shailen nice Woodley. looking one. <laughs> So you brought something to my attention earlier, and I wasn't aware of this, but I guess Apple is to add a pregnant man to the emoji catalog? Yes. What are your thoughts on this? <laughs> um, I don't know. I think it's kind of odd. Is this like inspiration from like Lil Nas X? Do you see his like album cover? Yeah, I think, I think it might have something to do with that. It may also have to deal with um, the whole trans movement that's 
um, been going on a lot lately, so, I don't know, um, it's kind of random, <laughs> just kind of, it is weird. random, I don't understand the, uh, thought process behind adding that type of emoji to the catalog, yeah, what does it symbolize, I mean, well, they've said that it could symbolize, I guess, um, like, a, like after, of... like after you eat a good meal, like you kind of like rub your belly, you know, <laughs> and so like you could use that emoji, like if you just got through eating a good meal and now you feel fat. Okay, like a food baby type of thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I guess. Fuck. That's that's a little bizarre though, to go that route. But what what are your top used emojis? So my top used emojis are obviously the the crying laughing face. Yeah. The LOL, I guess you would call it. A thumbs up. <laughs> um the emoji where the guy is um putting his face on his uh, his hand on his face like this. Yes, that one is one of mine too. Yep. <laughs> and also the one where um the shoulder shrug, like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one. And um, <laughs> the 100 sign. Yep, yep. The fire. Mm-hmm. Um, and also the um, the emoji, the, the face that's blowing into the little thing, the birthday thing yeah, with yeah. the birthday Celebration hat. Celebration yeah. emoji, yep. Um, also the, um, the little barbershop symbol is another one of my top and the block of cheese the block of cheese yep because you are a cheese head yeah so i use the block of cheese a lot so you know which one i use a lot the 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 face emoji where he has a monocle little eyeglass okay yeah yeah yeah. so he's like like pondering thinking of something yeah thinking of something right yeah and then the other one where um the emoji's got the hand on his chin in um, deep thinking or confusion, that's right. that's one of mine. Okay. And then the fire emoji, of course. Um, I've got the microphone emoji because, you know, podcast is life. And Mic another drop. one. <laughs> yeah. Of course, it has to be the, the laughing emoji. All three of them, like, they're classic. You got to use them. Yep. And it, it's weird that we use them now because, you know, back when we were coming of age and we had cell phones there weren't any emojis but now it like it really drives a point across you know what i mean yeah what do we use back in the day when we had uh what is that called t9 or whatever you would use so like if you did a smiley face you would do like a semicolon with like the half parentheses to oh, make yeah, yeah. to make a smiley face i remember, I remember, I remember making boobs that. with a uh yeah. Parentheses, a <laughs> period, and then the Y in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All the inappropriate ones. Yep. Because you could make those on the calculators. Remember the calculators, the graphing calculators we had in high school? Oh, the T, what were they called? T95s or yeah. some shit like that? You could yeah. you could write messages and make symbols and things like that. Yeah. But yeah, emojis are like so common and there's even emoji movie now. Have you heard of that one? <laughs> yeah, I have yeah, heard yeah, of yeah. that. They're wildly popular. I wonder what's going to be the thing in like 20 years from now. Hmm. I can only imagine. Because 20 years ago, 2002, totally different game. 
Yeah. <laughs> for sure. Instead of like emojis, it might be like our, our actual faces. <laughs> hey, that that might be a good idea. I mean, you I know create you, your I own. Know, I know you got like avatars and stuff like that now, but yeah, you take a picture of yourself and you kind of customize your own. Yeah, I guess that would be cool. All right, so we've come to the end of episode seventy-three. It's too bad Joseph and Jared couldn't be here. Yeah, they'll be back next week, but it's nice to just do a fireside chat type uh, podcast every once in a while dynamic duo so to speak so yeah you guys tune in next week we'll have um, a lot more to talk about and we'll have the regular crew back hopefully but as always i'm james i'm adrian and we'll see you next week for episode 74 peace